Are you going to be teaching kindergarten next year for the first time, or do you know someone who is? Teaching kindergarten for the first time can be overwhelming, and maybe you're feeling unsure of where to start. Well, look no further. I have the ultimate survival guide for new kindergarten teachers. I created it based on all the things that you need to rock teaching kindergarten next year. All the things I wish I had known as a brand new kindergarten teacher. Get your mindset ready to tackle the challenges of kindergarten, learn how to set up your classroom for success, and master key strategies for teaching effectively. Plus, prepare for the first week of school like a pro. Don't miss out on this free guide, and please share it with your new teammates and friends who are moving to kindergarten next year. Get ready to embark on an incredible journey in kindergarten education with me as your virtual teammate cheering you on. Download the free guide today at www.kindergartencafe.org slash new dash teacher. That's kindergartencafe.org slash new dash teacher. Welcome to the kindergarten team. Hey, teacher friends, it's Ziba from Kindergarten Cafe. And I want to know, do you have a dramatic play center in your classroom? Send me a DM at Kindergarten Cafe, code word, dramatic play, and let me know, do you have a dramatic play center? Do you want a dramatic play center? Do you have one and not know what to do with it? Well, I can help with all those things today in this episode all about the power of dramatic play in early childhood education. You're listening to the Kindergarten Cafe Podcast, where kindergarten teachers come to learn classroom-tested tips and tricks and teaching ideas they can use in their classroom right away. I'm Zeba, creator and founder of Kindergarten Cafe, and I help kindergarten teachers with everything they need from arrival to dismissal in order to save time, work smarter, not harder, and support students with engaging and purposeful lessons. I'm here to cheer you on through your successes and breakthroughs and offer support and resources so you never have to feel stuck or alone. Ready to start saving time and reducing your stress all while using effective and purposeful lessons that students love? Let's get started. Let's talk all things dramatic play. I am a huge proponent of having dramatic play in the classroom, and it makes me so sad to hear and see classrooms getting rid of their dramatic play areas as we are forced to, or as the, I don't want to say teachers all forced to, because teachers make the choice too, but as the expectations in kindergarten shifts to be more academically focused, then the power of play gets pushed out. And dramatic play is one of those areas that is routinely got kicked out. I've even heard of some schools not allowing classrooms to have pretend kitchens, and that breaks my heart. So I'm going to get into why we want to have dramatic play in our classrooms for our students, what kids benefit from dramatic play, and then how to set up dramatic play. So if you've ever wondered about these things, uh, hopefully I'll answer all your questions today. When kids play in dramatic play, they have so many benefits. The first benefit being that they get to try on different roles and situations. They learn through play. And one of the great things about dramatic play is they get to sort of pretend and try on a situation that maybe they heard about or they saw about or they read about and they were confused about that situation. Maybe there was a situation with the family 
where they're trying to process it, or maybe they went to the doctors recently and they had a shot and they really didn't like it. Then they go into a dramatic play area and they act out what happened and they process what happened through play. And they get to take on different roles, like they get to be the doctor and they get to be the one giving the shot. Then they can get to be the parent consoling the child who's crying from the shot. And they get to take on all these different roles and try on all the different scenarios. It really helps them understand the different social situations that they have in their life and what's going on with them, but also what they're learning about. And so it's just great for really putting what they've experienced or what they're learning about into action without having the consequences of doing it in real life, if that makes sense. They get to try on what happens when they are a naughty child at the doctor's office. You know, what happens to them if they're naughty or if they say they won't pay at the grocery store or whatever it is. They get to try on these different scenarios and see what happens without actual having real world consequences about it. Kids in dramatic play also develop so much language through their play. It is a huge way for kids to develop their language, especially kids who need support with growing their vocabulary or who are learning English. This is a perfect spot to let them experiment with that and and learn the language that they're going to use, all these different scenarios. I like to make sure that all my students know what the different objects are that I'm putting in there for a different setup. So if I have a doctor's office or a vet's office or a grocery store, I have word walls up and I talk about the different objects in the dramatic play area so that all the kids know and learn the vocabulary related to that. But not only are they hearing that and learning that vocabulary, but then they're practicing that vocabulary with each other. They're saying, hey, can you pass the stethoscope? I'd like to use it. Can I use the stethoscope to check your breathing? You know, it's great practice for them to use that language. And they're using that language with each other in conversational forms. So they're communicating about the scenario. They're going back and forth with ideas of the play. And that leads me to the next benefit, which is they're developing critical thinking skills and problem-solving skills. So one person in the play might propose a different a scenario or a change in the plan, and then the kids have to work through together how to solve the problem of the play. So let's say you pretend you're the doctor and I'm the baby and I don't want to get my shot. Well, then they have to think through how can we help this baby get their shot even though they don't want to, and then they're talking about it. And they're working through the different scenarios. And then maybe they change the plan midway. No, no, no. Let's instead, let's say that I um, get a boo-boo and um, you don't have any Band-Aids anymore. What are we going to do? I'm making this up on the spot. But the point is that the kids are constantly changing their idea of play as they're moving through it. And so they're constantly working on their critical thinking skills and problem-solving skills and using building their oral language development to talk with each other about what's happening. There's also a ton of ways for you to incorporate literacy and math in dramatic play, and it's really seamless integration, and it's a perfect way for kids to apply the learning that you're doing with them in school into their play, into these different scenarios. So, I mean, we're always constantly counting, especially if you're, let's say you're at like a bakery in the dramatic play center or a grocery store, you're counting how many things you bought. Maybe you're practicing measuring, you know, how much, um, how many eggs you need for your recipe or 
adding. You know, how many things did you buy? Let's add it all together. Or how many shots do you need? Or how many band-aids do you need? How many tickets do you need for the movie theater? Stuff like that. The movie theater, the next movie showing is at 4 p.m. And now it's 3 p.m. So you have to wait or the next train leaves at 10 a.m. So you can introduce concept of time. I mean, the, the possibilities are just endless. I love having menus with prices available when we change up the different dramatic play centers so that kids can start to see the idea of the cost of money and adding things together and how when you have more than one thing, it costs more, all things like that. And that can connect to literacy too, because kids can write down on a grocery list, a shopping list. If they're a waiter, they can write down the order of what the people want to buy. And so just having a list available you know, if you're at the doctor's office making a sort of take-home sheet for the patient, you know, with the doctor's notes, just having these available for students encourages so much natural writing. And I also always include blank notebooks because you just never know what they might be inspired to write or think of. Which brings me to my last benefit to dramatic play. Kids are really taking ownership over their learning. They make so many choices and decisions in their play with each other about what materials they need, who's doing what role, what the situation's going to be. So they're just making so many different decisions that they're really getting the chance to take ownership over their learning, and they rise to the occasion when that happens. And they really love those moments when they can show that they they can do it on their own. They can take ownership over their learning. And so we want to involve students in the space that they have because they can take ownership over their learning. And so when we are changing up the dramatic play center, which by the way, I change up, it's not a consistent amount of time. I change it up whenever I notice engagement dwindling. When kids aren't going to the dramatic play center as much, I change it up right away. Or when they start to use the materials in an unexpected way and they start being like silly with it, not having like a purpose to their play, not having a a guided play choice. Like let's say I have pom-poms in there for scooping ice cream and it's an ice cream center. And then all of a sudden they're throwing the pom-poms every time they go in there. Uh, That's what I mean by unexpected. So that tells me they're bored with this center and we need to change it up. The other way they tell me they're bored is just by not going there anymore. So that's when I know time to change up the center. So when it is time to change up the center, involve the kids in changing it up. Ask them what center they might want to see next, what scenario they might want to see next. What materials do you think they would need to make that happen? Sometimes I like to just surprise them and have it be a sudden change for them that they walk in and they go, wow, it's a train station. So cool. Look at this, whatever. But sometimes I like to ask them, hey, if we're going to if you want to do a train center next, what materials do you need? Who wants to help me set it up? Who wants to put out the signs? Where should we put the materials? Where should we put the train? Things like that. So you can definitely involve kids. I would suggest doing that some of the time or all the time. It's up to you. But they're ready for that ownership. And that does involve usually less work for you because they can help set it up with you. So speaking of setting up dramatic play, it does not have to be elaborate. It does not have to be extensive. You definitely want, I would think, a small table and a few chairs in the space. I love having a pretend kitchen here and a shelf that I can keep some basic supplies on. It's not necessary, but if you have that, great. But I also do love being able to turn around my kitchen when I'm turning my center into something that doesn't involve the food or cooking 
you know, sometimes I might turn the kitchen into something else. That's fine too. I do have some dress up and accessories that the kids can use. I love having name tags that they can put on and baby dolls, some bags that they can have and pretend money. I would say those are really sort of the essentials for a dramatic play center, along with some blank notebooks and pencils, like I mentioned, because that is a great way to integrate literacy. Right now, for my group of students, I'm actually feeling like I have too many materials because it's never quite organized the way it should be. And I think it's just overwhelming the amount of materials I have. So I'm going to look into getting rid of some of my materials or, you know, putting some in storage or whatever and just sort of cycling through, rotating them out as I change up the dramatic play center. So that's something to think about, too. But it really can be very open ended. I mean, uh, you can go to yard sales, you can go to savers. You can go to Facebook Marketplace. When my grandmother passed away and we were going through her stuff and no one wanted her gloves or her scarves, she had so many like square scarves, I guess more like handkerchiefs. They're not handkerchiefs. I don't know what they're called. I think I'm going to call them scarves. I took those to my dramatic play center. She had a bunch of purses no one wanted. I took those to my dramatic play center. So thinking about not spending a ton of money, but as you're looking at things, look at them that you're about to get rid of or that you've come across that no one wants, is there a way for a kid to use that as an imaginary tool for their dramatic play? Because there probably is. And then you could see, you could bring it in, see what kids do with it. And if it's not of interest to them, you could then get rid of it. A word of caution, though, is to not have any hats. It's tempting to have hats in dramatic play because it really goes with the costume idea. But I'm going to encourage you not to because having hats encourages lice and you don't want a lice outbreak in your classroom. So just don't do it. No hats, no hats, no crowns. Mm -mm. Just don't do it. Okay, so that is all of my why you should have dramatic play and how you should have dramatic play. If you're looking for super easy setups that have everything you could need and have automatic ways to integrate math and literacy in the centers, You can check out my Dramatic Play bundle. I have everything there for you and so many different setups that I love using with my students and they love playing with them. So you could check that out. And if you have an idea for a Dramatic Play Center that's not included in the bundle, send me a message. Or if you have questions about anything I said today, send me a message, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, please consider leaving a review. It really helps. Thanks so much. And we'll see. Oh, I almost forgot the quote of the day. Can't forget the quote of the day. Um, It's not related to dramatic play, but it is related to imaginary things. Quote of the day is, are unicorns real? Because Jane says they're not, but I sawed one. So listeners, are unicorns real? You tell me. And with that, now we can end the episode and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Kindergarten Cafe podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information and resources, or just head straight to kindergartencafe.org for all the goodies. If you liked this episode, the best ways to show your support are to subscribe, leave a review, or send it to a friend. I'll be back next week with even more kindergarten tips. See you then.